0: He is alive this morning. He's at the right hand of the Father, waiting for His orders to come take His church away. Amen. I hope this morning that you are a part of the Church of Jesus Christ, the saved, the redeemed, and uh, you know that you're waiting for His trumpet sound. Boy, them kids are just headed out there. To, they know this morning is going to be uh, not just children's church, and uh, but they're going to have Easter egg hunt too. So. Man, I don't know how many of them are there, but there's a bunch of them. Miss Sue, what did you escape out this morning? Because, oh, you get a Sunday off. I bet you're glad. Looking at that number of kids, (laughs) amen. All right, you have your Bibles this morning. We want to talk to you about uh, what we've been singing about all morning. He is not here. He is risen. Was the word from the angel to Mary Magdalene and the other ladies who came to the tomb that first Easter morning. We're going to look at Mark chapter 16, but we're also going to look at John chapter 20. So if you'll get your Bibles open to those two passages of Scripture, we'll get started this morning. Following the path of the last hours of the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, as he was about to complete the mission that he was sent to this earth to do, that being, give his life for the sins of the world. Listen, everything that we're talking about this morning is about Jesus Christ and the reason he came to this earth, and that was to die for your sins and to die for my sins. So what we have seen is that Jesus has been rejected by the Pharisees, has had his disciples fall asleep when he, he needed them the most, as he was in the Garden of uh, Gethsemane, what he called the oil press, and the reason Jesus called the Garden of Gethsemane the oil press, because at that moment, at that time, he, he was really you know, struggling with the will of God within his life. You remember the story as he was in the garden. He was crying, and, crying out to God and he was just sweating like drops of blood because he knew he was about to go through some of the most you know, terrible time that he could even imagine. And as he asked his disciples to pray for him, you know, three times he went back and they were asleep. Jesus called that Garden of Gethsemane the oil press because of the pressure that he was under at that time. And finally, you remember, he asked God, is there any other way? Is there any other way? And finally, he cried out to God, you know, not my will, but your will be done. And you know, that ought to be the way we look at it in our life. Not what we want, but what the Father wants for us. But then we saw him arrested, we saw him beaten to the point that Isaiah said he didn't even look human once they got through, you know, beating upon him. You know, when they took him down from the cross, they placed him in the tomb, and the question by many would be, you know, was this the final curtain? When they took Jesus down, they wrapped him in that cloth, they put him in that tomb, they rolled over the stone, and the question by many is, is this it? Is this the final curtain? Would this be the end of the story? You know, many people, including those who were the closest to him, thought that to be the case. Even those disciples that he discipled for, you know, some three and a half years, they thought this is it. It's the end. That's why they took off and uh, scattered like a covey of quail. That's why they couldn't be found at the foot of the cross other than John. Because they thought, we have followed this guy for three and a half years. We have turned our life to him. We have given our life to him. And now he died on the cross. He was supposed to be the king. He was supposed to be the one to deliver us from the Romans. And here he is, in a tomb, the stone rolled over. You see, notice Mark's account of those coming to the tomb that morning. They wasn't expecting to find that stone rolled away. They were coming to the tomb that morning to anoint his body. They came looking for a dead body, not an empty tomb. They come looking for a dead body, not a resurrected Lord. Look how Mark puts it in Mark chapter 16 beginning with verse 1. And when the Sabbath was past, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had brought sweet spices that they, look at this, that they may anoint him. You see, that tells us they wasn't coming looking for an empty tomb. They wasn't coming looking for, you know, Jesus to be resurrected. They came with spices to anoint his dead body. Verse 2, and very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun, and they said among themselves, again, here's evidence, they wasn't looking for a resurrected Lord. They said in verse 2, among themselves, who will roll the stone away from the door? Now, can you imagine them walking uh, to the tomb? Now, Jesus had done talked to them about he's not going to stay in that tomb. Jesus had done told them they're going to put me there, but I'm not going to stay. And yet, as they're walking to the tomb that day, carrying the spices to anoint his dead body, the concern was who's going to roll away the stone? Now, do you think if they was really looking for a resurrected Lord that that would have been the conversation that morning? No. Do you think if they was really looking for a resurrected Lord, they would have come with spices? No. You see, they did not expect Jesus to do what Jesus had told them to do. Let's read on. And they looked, in verse 4, and they saw the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were afraid. Ooh, verse 6. And he, the man sitting in there, said to them, Do not be afraid. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. Now, that's what he said to them. I know what you're doing here. You're seeking Jesus, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Now, can you imagine the expression on their face at that point? Here they come in with spices to anoint a body. Here they're coming with, you know, arguing over, or not arguing, but discussing how the uh, the stone was going to get rolled away. And they walk into the tomb because the stone is rolled away. And this guy sitting there says, I know who you're looking for. But guess what? He's not here. He's not here. He's risen. Let's read on. Behold the place where they laid him. Now what it's talking about there, the angel was sitting there and he said, "Look, don't you remember there's where they laid him? There's where you put him in that piece of cloth. Do you see him there? Ooh, let's read on. But go your way, verse seven, and tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before them uh, uh, unto Galilee. there you shall see him and say unto you, And uh, he said unto you, and they went out quickly and fled from the supper. For they trembled and were amazed, neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. You know, it's easy to see here in Mark's account uh, 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 of Resurrection Sunday that the last thing these women were expecting was to find that empty tomb. That's why they were shocked and that's why they were afraid when they saw the tomb was empty. The last thing they were expecting to, was to see that stone roll away. The last thing they were expecting was a resurrected Lord. That's why they come with the spices to anoint his dead body. Even Jesus had told them multiple times. If you remember, time and time again, Jesus told them like in, in, in uh, that just as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days, I too will be in that tomb for three days. Can you imagine? Jesus had taught them this for three and a half years. Jesus had told them this for three and a half years. Guys, when you come to that tomb, you know, on resurrected morning, I'm not going to be there. He said, you remember the story of Jonah and how he was in his tomb, the belly's stomach, for three days? He said, that's a picture of me. That whole thing was a picture of me, that I will only be in that tomb three days. Why didn't they believe him? You know, we we could ask that question. Why didn't they believe the Lord? Let me ask you a question. Why don't you believe the Lord sometimes? Hmm? Why don't you believe his written word? Why don't we believe what God has told us? Look, in John's account of the resurrection, go ahead and turn to John chapter 20. John goes a little bit more in detail as to the reaction of Mary Magdalene. As you know, according to what Luke 8 Chapter 8, Mary Magdalene was a disciple of Jesus, and she began following Jesus after he cleansed her of seven demonic spirits. Mary Magdalene was a a possessed woman, and Jesus, you know, cleansed her of of, of, of seven demonic spirits. And she was one of the witnesses at the crucifixion. She was one of the witnesses at the burial where they laid Jesus. That's why the man, the angel told her, look where they laid him. You was here when they laid him. Look where they laid him. Do you see him? The reason you don't is because he is not here. He is risen. Look, in John chapter 20 here, let's take a look at this because looking at the reaction of Mary when she first saw the resurrected Lord, I think there's a few questions that Mary had to address that maybe you and I need to address this morning. Okay, so let, let's break this down. The first question she asked was, why are you crying? Mary, you've walked with Jesus for three and a half years. You, you, you talked to him. He prayed with you. He prayed for you. Wasn't you not expecting that spot where they laid him to be empty? But Look at verse 11. But Mary stood without the supper, weeping, weeping. You see, as Mary looked inside that dark, Tomb and saw these couple of angels they asked her why are you crying why are you crying mary's answer was simple because they have taken my lord and i don't know where they put him you know what she was saying somebody stole his body <laughs> you know he he, he 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 didn't resurrect he didn't come back to life like he told us what he was going to do Somebody's done come here. They rolled that stone away. They have taken the body of my Lord. Please tell me where they've laid him. Please tell me where they've laid him. You know, I believe the the angels here were a little perplexed at the tears of Mary, you know, because they knew this was not tears of joy. In other words, she wasn't crying because Jesus is resurrected. The Lord is resurrected, like he said. No, these were not tears of joy. These tears, and the un, uh, angels understood that, you know, was tears of sadness because the body of her Lord was gone. The body of her Lord was gone. You know, I believe the angels may have asked this question out of curiosity. <laughs> they may have been scratching their angel head, you know. the if, if angels have hair? You know, I don't know. But they may have been scratching their head saying, what in the world is wrong with this gal? You know, she'd done been taught. She, she, she knew the scripture. She knew that Jesus had promised he wouldn't stay in there three days. You know, th- th- they probably thought this woman who has walked with the Lord should know he's alive. After all, he had told him time and time again that he would rise after three days. Why is he crying? Why is he, excuse me, crying? Then Mary turns around and she sees this man that she assumes is the gardener, okay? She turns around, she looks at this man, she says to herself, this must be the gardener, the one who takes care of this. Look at verse 14. And when she thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her the same thing. Why are you crying? Now can you imagine? Why are you crying? Because Jesus, he was probably thinking the same thing. I told you I wouldn't be there after three days. I told you time and time and time again. Why did you believe me? Why are you crying, he says. So this this stranger, who was Jesus, asked that same question that the angels answered. Now, I want you to notice uh, what, what he says to her. Woman why are you crying? Okay? Now, I want to make a point here because Jesus referred to her as woman. Now, in today's cancel society that we live in, that would have been a chauvinistic word, woman. But can I tell you something? Jesus was not talking down to her. Jesus was not rude to her. This was not a chauvinistic word. Rather, it was equivalent to us saying, ma'am, why are you crying? Ma'am, why are you crying? Look, how many times do we allow ourselves to shed tears over things that happen in our life that we don't understand when all along Jesus is standing right there in front of her? Don't miss this. Jesus is standing right there in front of her. She did not recognize it It was Jesus because she was too focused on her sorrow. Let me tell you, I don't care what happens in your life. If you focus on your sorrow, you're going to totally miss Jesus. You're going to totally miss Jesus standing right there in front of you. You see, if Mary had not been so focused on what she viewed as a loss in her life, she would have seen the answer to her problem was right in front of her. What was the, her problem? Her problem was Jesus was gone. And the answer to her problem was standing right there in front of her because she couldn't see it because she was too focused on the negative. And folks, we do that all the time. We get so focused on the negative, what we view as the negative, that Jesus is standing right there in front of us with the answer, and we totally miss it because we're focused on what we view as the negative sense of, uh, a situation within our life. Listen, try looking for Jesus in those times of sorrow. The next time you go through a time of sorrow, don't focus on that sorrow Look around and say, Jesus is here somewhere. Jesus is here somewhere. Look for him. He's probably standing right there in front of you just like he was with Mary. Now, Jesus, I believe, asked this question out of compassion. You see, Jesus loved Mary, and his heart was moved with tears when he said, why are you crying? I, I don't really know the feelings of Jesus at that time, but... I can just imagine he was hurt inside. I poured my life into this woman. I discipled this woman. I taught this woman. I told this woman, woman, ma'am, okay. And don't cancel me out because I'm using the term woman. And here I am, and she is so focused on her problem. That she's missing me. That's why I think Jesus asked the question out of compassion. I think his heart was broken. You know, why why would she be doing this? He knew the answer, but he wanted her to say it. And she answered honestly, here's my problem, Lord. They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where he is. That was her problem. Now, was her problem a problem? No, because her problem that she had was standing right there in front of her her the answer to our problem should i say look there may be some of you here today or some who are watching us on facebook who are hurting emotionally who are hurting spiritually and although on the outside you're putting on a pretty good show this morning Some of you that are here are probably putting on a pretty good show because when you walked in those doors this morning, there was something in your life that has you tore apart. There was something in your life that's got you ripped apart. But you're putting on a pretty good show this morning. But when you walk out those doors, guess what's going to meet you at that second set of doors? That same problem that you left on the doorstep to come in here and put on a good show. Look, if you don't see Jesus this morning, if you don't see that He's right in front of you this morning, you know, desiring to be the answer to your problem, that problem's going to continue to exist within your life. Why are you crying? Jesus said. Look, Jesus is asking you that question this morning. I'm here for you. Why are you allowing this thing in your life to destroy you when the answer to that is standing right here in front of you? You see, Jesus needed her to be honest with him. You know, don't, don't just sob and say, nothing, I'm really okay. How many times have you knew, you had a good friend, <clears throat> you know, or whatever, uh, a wife, <laughs> a wife, you know, and, and you ask, what's wrong, honey? Nothing, really, nothing's wrong. Guys, can I give you some insight? <clears throat> I'll have been married forty-nine years in August, and when a woman tells you, really, nothing's wrong. Trust me, there's something wrong. Don't just say okay and go do your thing. Look at me, something's wrong. Okay, look at here. Jesus said, you know, why are you crying? look? Jesus just wanted her to be honest and open. With him, but not only with him, but with herself. Because Jesus wants you to face your feelings and trust him. You see, if we're not honest with ourselves, we can never face our feelings. If we're not honest with ourselves, we can never face Jesus. So the first thing we got to do, and that's what he wanted Mary to do, he wanted her to be honest. He knew the answer to her question, or his question, should we say. Why are you crying? But he needed her to look deep inside herself and be honest with herself. Now, he said, who are you seeking? Again, he knew the answer. Who are you seeking? Look at verse 15b. Whom seeketh thou? And she supposing him to be the gardener said unto him, Sir, if you have bore him, hence, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. <laughs> and Jesus said, Mary. You know, there's something about Jesus calling our name that gets our attention. He said, Mary. And then she turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master, Master. You see, the next question Jesus asked her, we see there was, why are you crying? And when Jesus asked Mary, you know, he, he, her answer showed the deep love that she had for him. But she still didn't recognize Jesus. You know, she still thought he was the gardener. And that's why she said, sir, you know, if you've carried him away, show me where you put him. But that at, at that point, Jesus couldn't conceal himself any longer. His heart was broken for her. And Jesus, when Jesus spoke her name, she fell at his feet, you know, knowing she had found the one that she had sought. Just by the call of Mary. Mary. She was looking for Jesus. And now she had found him. But don't miss this. If we are to find Jesus, we must first be seeking Jesus. Are you with me? Had Mary went up to that tomb, John, go ahead and catch up with me there, son. Had Mary went to that tomb and Jesus' body was gone and she just walked away no longer seeking him, she would have never found him. Listen to me. If you walk out those doors today and you have not sought Jesus, you're not going to find Jesus. If you're sitting in here this morning listening to the word of God and you're not seeking Jesus, you'll never find Jesus. I don't care if it's for initial salvation or I don't care if it's for problems you have in your life. If you don't seek Jesus, you'll never uh, find Jesus. Had Mary not sought Jesus after she seen he was missing, she would have totally missed Jesus. And she would have lived in sorrow the rest of her life. So if we uh, find Jesus, we have to be seeking him. Many people are searching for truth. They're searching for purpose, they're searching for healing, they're searching for comfort. And and, and the sad thing is, many people seek the answer to those things in everything but Jesus. Listen to me. They seek the answer to their problem in everything but Jesus. They seek the answer to their problem from things of life. Many seek the answer to their problem in alcohol. Many seek the problem, uh, uh, their problem, the answer to it in drugs. Many seek the answer to their problem in relationships. Many seek the answer to their problem in pornography or whatever it might be. Things of this life. Listen to me. Things of this life will not solve your problems. Things of this life are going to add to your problems. And if you're seeking answers to, the problems of your life, and it's not in Jesus where the things of the world saddle up, because you're really fixing to have problems, because that's all things of this world will do. You see, you can seek answers in all these things. We must seek Jesus if we're find to find the answer to life's sorrows. And the thing is, most of the time, He's right there in front of you. He's right there in front of you. Now, Simon, the wisest man who ever lived, he wrote once in Proverbs 14, there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is destruction. Now listen to that again. There is a way that seems right. You see, for many, the way that seems right is in the things of this world. Like I mentioned, drugs, alcohol, pornography, you know, things of this world. They think that's the answer, but Solomon is saying there's a way that it might seem right. These things may seem right to you, but he says, but the end is going to lead to death and destruction. How many people have been destroyed for seeking the answer that they're looking for in the things of this world? You see, Mary knew the one thing she was seeking, and that was Jesus. She knew the only way this sorrow is going to be resolved in my life is if I find Jesus. Whatever it is you may be going through this morning, the only way you're going to find the answer to that problem is seeking Jesus here this morning. Seeking Jesus. Mary had to battle seven demonic possessions But she did, and Jesus changed her life. So she knew by seeking Jesus, this sorrow in her life would be also taken care of. She found who she was looking for. The question is, will you fall before the Lord this morning? You see, she fell before the Lord once she realized, here's the answer to my problem right here in front of me. He's been talking to me. I didn't recognize him because I was too focused on, you know, the bad things that I'm going through in my life. I'm too focused on the sorrow. Look at verse 17. Jesus said to her, now this is because she fell down and was going to grab hold of him. He said, don't touch me. Touch me not. For I have not yet ascended to my Father." He said, but I've got a word for you, Mary. I've got a job for you, Mary. He said, go to my brethren and say to them that I'm ascending to the Father and your Father and to my God and your God. You see, Jesus couldn't conceal his identity any longer. When, when he saw the love for Mary, and he just simply spoke her name, boom, Mary knew. <laughs> this is him. This is him. You see, when Mary heard her name spoken by Jesus, she realized, you know, it was the Lord and her despair turned to delight. You want your despair that you may be going through this morning to turn to delight? Then seek Jesus. Then seek Jesus. And he will be found. She could only utter one word, Rabboni. The word literally means master. She, at that point, was declaring Jesus Christ to be her Lord and her master, the one she is seeking. What are you seeking this morning? Who are you seeking this morning? Are you seeking the Lord? Are you seeking answers to whatever it is you may be going through in life this morning somewhere else? You see, Mary then fell at Jesus' feet and she began worshiping him. That's why Jesus said, don't hold on to me. When Jesus said there in verse 17, don't touch me, what he was actually saying, the literal translation in the Greek is, don't hold on to me. You see, because when Mary realized it was Jesus, she wanted to just latch on to him and not let go. She wanted to latch on to him and just hold him because she had found what she was seeking. And he said, look, don't hold on to me. Don't hold on to me. I've got a job for you. And I'm just going to insert this. When you find Jesus, he's got a job for you. Jesus don't mean for you to just find him and then find you a chair to sit in Sunday mornings. He's got a ministry for you. He has a job for you. And that's what he told Mary here. That's what he told Mary. Now, Mary and the other women did as Jesus commanded here. Okay. And the evening, that evening, they showed up among the disciples, just as Jesus told them to do. But Thomas wasn't there. And when Thomas returned, they told him the good news, Jesus is alive. When Thomas returned. But Thomas, like many people today, Thomas was a skeptic. Because again, Thomas knew they had put him in that grave. Thomas knew they had beat him to death. Thomas knew that they had driven those uh, nails in his hands and his feet. Thomas knew that they had stuck that spear in his side while he was hanging there on a cross. Thomas knew he was dead. Thomas knew these things. He said, yell right, (laughs) when they said, the Lord's alive. Yell right, Thomas said. I won't believe that story until I can put my fingers in the holes in his hand and thrust my hand in that side where I seen that spear rip him open. Not going to believe it till then. What is it you're saying in your life you're not going to believe this Christianity thing? You're not going to believe this Jesus thing until you see? Until you see what? Until you see what? You know, here's the thing. Many people are just like old Tom here, okay? I'll believe the risen Lord when I see the risen Lord, and those with this attitude had better understand one thing. One thing. Listen to me closely here. You didn't get nothing else out of this message this morning. Listen to this. If you have that attitude that I'll believe in the risen Lord when I see the risen Lord, when you do see him, it's going to be too late because you're only going to see him at the great white throne judgment at that point. If you refuse him now, the only time you're going to see him is at that great white throne judgment. And we know the great white throne judgment is reserved for those who reject Jesus Christ today and are cast into the lake of fire. So don't be foolish and say, like old Thomas... I'll believe that when I see him. Because when you do see him, folks, listen to me, it will be too late. Well, oh doubting Thomas, he had to eat some words, didn't he? I hope he had a salt shaker with him that day, because uh, you know, a little old salt on something makes it go down a whole lot easier. But Thomas had to eat his words because a week later the disciples was in the house again, and this time Thomas was with him, and though though the doors were locked, Jesus came, we're told, and he stood among them, and his words were, Peace be unto you. (laughs) Now, how much peace could one have if they knew somebody was dead, and now he's standing here before them? There ain't too much peace there, is there? He said, Peace be unto you. Then, after he said those words, he looked right at Thomas, right at Thomas, and he said, Tom, now remember, he wasn't there when Thomas made the statement, "I, I, I won't believe until I stick my finger in his holes and stick my fist in his side. Thomas wasn't there then. Nobody told Jesus Thomas said that. So after he says, peace be unto you, he looks right over at Thomas, and he says, Tom, come here. Come here, Tom. And I believe he held up that hand, and if there was any light behind him, I I think the light would have shone through. He said, Tom, you don't believe? Stick your finger there. Stick your finger in there. And while you're at it, Tom, and I believe he kind of pulled back his robe, stick your, stick your fist in there. <laughs> what was Thomas's response? My Lord, my God. You see, he didn't go stick his finger in there. He didn't stick his fist in there. His simple answer was, my Lord, my God. Look, have you fallen on your knees and declared Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your God? You see, because Thomas doubted the resurrection of our Lord, think about this, think about this. Because he doubted the resurrection of our Lord for over 2,000 years, what has been the name tagged to Thomas? Doubting Thomas. And don't we use that for some people? I mean, we use that term regularly. Ah, you're nothing but a Doubting Thomas. Isn't it amazing how Doubting Jesus Christ That term has stuck with that man For over 2,000 years Don't be a doubting Thomas this morning Don't doubt the resurrection of our Lord this morning Jesus teaches us that every knee will bow And every tongue is going to confess That Jesus is Lord Thomas confessed Jesus is Lord in that room that night. Mary confessed that name of the Lord at the tomb that day. Have you confessed the name of the Lord Jesus as your Lord and your Savior? You may be a skeptic today and you may refuse to accept Jesus as the resurrected Lord today, but one day, listen to me, one day you will fall on your knees and you will recognize him as lord but it may be too late it may be too late jesus said this in verse 29 thomas because you have seen you have believed and then he said this blessed are those who have not seen and yet they still believe how, how many of you this morning has seen the holes in jesus's hand and the cutting his side not one of us has seen that physically have we so what Jesus was telling Thomas you believe because you saw this he said but there's a blessing for those who believe and have not seen what you have seen Tom look have you seen Jesus as the resurrected Lord of your life or has that just been some story you've heard all your life Are you willing to, uh, are you one who will have to see before you believe? Or will this morning you fall down before the Lord and say to him, My Lord, my God? Look, if you're here this morning, you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior. This could be your last chance to fall before Him and say, My Lord, my God, and ask Him to be your Lord and Savior. For those who may already be saved, are you so focused on your problems of life that you're failing to see Jesus right in front of you? And you ask yourself, why am I living such a miserable life? I'm supposed to be a Christian. Well, maybe the reason you're living such a miserable life is because you're too focused on the miserable things that are happening to you rather than your Lord that's standing right there in front of you. Maybe you need to refocus this morning. And begin looking and seeking the Lord as did Mary. And if you do, you will find him. You will find him. So what is your situation this morning? This morning, are you going to walk out of this place this morning like you came in? If you're lost this morning, are you going to walk out of here lost again? if you're saved but you're too focused on the things that are happening in your life that you're going to just miss Jesus this morning being the answer to your problem. You know what? That choice is yours. Both of those choices is yours. We're going to give you the opportunity here in just a moment. If you've never been saved to come down here, let us get you with one of our altar counselors. They'll take you in that room there. They'll go over the plan of salvation with you, show you how you can make the Lord the Lord of your life. Child of God, if you are here and there's some things in your life that you've been trying to solve by the things of this world, maybe you need to lay that stuff out before the Lord this morning. Fall down before him this morning. What is your need? Let's pray.